Welcome to the One Up Sales Development Podcast, a podcast for new young sales pros, whether you're an SDR, EDR, or just not a sales pro, getting it done. This one goes out to all the hustlers out there on the phone each and every day, slugging it out. Whether you're doing 100 plus dials, 50 plus email, it's strategic outbound prospecting on a mass scale. A few key takeaways you get from the One Up Sales Development Podcast are learning how to code call. Hey Bob, would it be alright if I explain the reason for my call and you can decide if we should continue or not? Overcoming objections. Hey Bob, I know I called you out the blue and you know what? I'd be mad too if someone code called me out the blue like that, but would it be alright if I explain the reason for my call and you can decide if we should continue or not? Video optimization, the art of copywriting, and many, many more. I'm your host, Jackson Lil, former SDR now AE running this pod for SDRs and AEs. From the front lines for the front lines. Married to the game, baby. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Ah, shit. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the 1UP Sales Development Podcast. And god damn, is it August already? Shit, it is. August 7, 2020, 11.48 p.m. Okay, okay. Well, time has flown, hasn't it? Just like that. We're already over past a year. And, man, did we go through a lot of shit. First of all, we lost Kobe Bryant in a fucking helicopter crash. What the fuck? And then COVID happened. And people getting laid off. And then it's just rut after rut after rut. But you know what? It's things like this that helps make people grow. You know they say where you where you grow most is when you're in a shit in a hell hole. When you're when you fell in a hole, you're in the dark, you fell down, you hit the rocks, scrapes on your legs, scrape on your knees, scrape on your face, and you haven't had water for two days, sitting there, looking up, trying to find light, trying to find someone who would throw a rope down there and help pull you up, put their hands down there, grab you, pull you up and say, Hey, I got you. But it's that time when you're sitting in that hellhole, that rut, where you truly, truly, truly grow and find yourself. Without, there's no, there's no success without friction. And you know what sucks even more? If you're a brand new SDR and BDR that just started, no sales experience, graduate college, and working out organization which doesn't provide the proper training and the tools, they may not even give you any uh, sales technology tools. No sales engagement platforms, no lead scrapers. Your leads are shit, your work is shit, your training is shit. And it'll only lead you down to one hole, the shit hole. So this is exactly why I'm introducing my next guest, Michael Galliano, co-founder of SDR Nation and also the head of sales over at Hashtag Paid. So Michael Galliano is a pretty good dear friend of mine actually connected on about in January earlier this year and we just been tagging each other back to back he's also a member of uh, SDU2 as well so that's pretty cool and we've been b- bouncing knowledge off each other's head back to back and you know one thing I noticed about Michael is that this guy he has a huge heart and this is exactly why I love what what he's doing what he's doing over at SDR Nation this guy been in the game and he's found a gap and you know, he to fulfill it too because, and here's a true story. Someone reached out to me not too long ago and said, "Hey, man, I I work for this organization. I was wondering how much our training gave you the quote, and it's more like a B2B quote." And this person was like, "You know, I I'm gonna be forking out my own pocket." I was like, "Yo," straight up advisor told him, "Hey, I understand this is what you're looking for. However, you shouldn't do it. And here's why." You pay all your pocket and you pay about almost a grand just for like a month of service. It's like, nah, man, I advised her not to do it. Told her, hey, here's a few content you can go and follow. And, um, you know, if there's anything I can do to help, I'd be happy to help you on the site too as well. So this is exactly why Michael founded SDR Nation. SDR Nation is a side of your own private coach training uh, from the experts for the experts to help you become an expert. And Michael Galliano, I had such a great conversation with you. It's great getting to know you, brother. Let's keep the conversation going. Love what you're doing. Keep up the good work. One love, one heart. Take care. <laughs>
All right. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the One Up Sales Development Podcast. For today's guest, what I got for you guys is someone truly special. This person is not within the States. He is our awesome neighbor. This guy's been in sales for quite some time. He's known as an awesome sales leader, sales professional, and he was also ranked on LinkedIn's top 100 sales, uh, sales stars for 2020. He is no stranger to danger when it comes to supporting the SDR and AE community. So this guy started out from the bottom of the list. He started out as an SDR from himself, which I got a lot of love and respect for when people come from the front lines, for the front lines, because if you're going to a marriage counseling, right, you wouldn't want to go to someone who was, well, never married before. So <laughs> this person, he worked his way up the ranks over at Uberflip. Jumped over to Shutterstock. He is a member of Revenue Collective. He is also the founder and sales coach of Galliano Ventures. Please give me a warm welcome for the one and only Mr. Michael Galliano, head of sales SMB over hashtag paid. <laughs> hey, 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 Jackson. Amazing to be here with you. Woo! Oh, Feel amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, 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 thank you so much for hopping on to One Up Sales Development Podcast. I can't tell you how excited I am to finally meet you. You know, we've been touching base for quite some time now, just dropping knowledge and you know, asking, give and take for each other and just su literally just supporting each other. And, um, you know, not, not only that, and you're, you're our neighbor, you're uh, from uh, Toronto, Canada. So uh, welcome to the pod, man. I, I uh, I'm so happy to be here, and and I love the energy. I'm I'm ready to bring the energy to. I've had uh, three espressos today. I'm I'm feeling uh, high energy, and yeah, from uh, from Toronto, Canada, neighbor to the north. I'm glad to be here, and and uh, and I gotta say that you know ever since we got connected on LinkedIn, I've been extremely impressed with what you put out, and you know more than anything else, the the consistency. Uh, of value and 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 like Gary V would say the the jabs and and just so helpful. Um, your consistency is amazing. So I'm that's why you know I I always want to talk to you and glad to be on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Michael. Really happy to have you here, man. And you know I love what you're doing too. You're helping a lot of SDR and AEs within your area and above. And you know just knowing that you came from the SDR role yourself, that's like validated credibility you know so yeah glad to be here <laughs> michael so i yeah so sorry to cut you off there I, so I, yeah yeah go ahead no i i was just gonna add I, I didn't know it at the time and and uh excited to to jump into the story with you but it, it turned out that that starting point that you mentioned that the sdr role um, was was looking back uh, an incredible starting point to my full-time career so I'm, I'm excited to jump into that with you yes yes please so Michael without further ado for our audience listen here why don't you go ahead and just give us a brief background about pretty much you know how how'd you got into sales and what do you currently do right now at hashtag paid um, yes yeah, starting with with what I'm doing today I lead our SMB sales team I joined just under two years ago uh, and we're a creative marketing platform. So most would know this space as influencer marketing. Uh, we're, we're, you've got your big influencers and small influencers on Instagram and we're a SaaS platform that helps brands automate it um, and, and scale those programs. So I, I joined a couple of years ago um, to help shift our company from an agency to a software company. Um, and we launched our SaaS platform just under a year ago, um, and it's been uh, an amazing opportunity. It's it's been an amazing ride. So I support our account executives and and work with our head of marketing to support our uh, SDRs as well. Um, I I got into sales to answer your second question coming from a marketing background. Um, at the time, I was finishing up at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario. Um, which is an amazing tech hub and, and startup hub. And I had, you know, like a lot of university students, a little bit of free time on my hands. So I got together with two of my buddies at the university and we launched a Kickstarter project and we were both fascinated. All three of us were fascinated by Kickstarter. You know, can we create something? 
can we sell something and can we can we do all the distribution almost like a mini e-commerce business and so we came up with this idea called wise words which were handcrafted and hand designed um, postcards with some of the greatest minds uh, of, of, of history from philosophers to scientists to, to historians musicians we created these cards we ended up blowing past our goal um, and uh, and so I was really excited about being able to, to sell these cards to thousands of uh, thousands of people and I had at the time wanted to get into marketing um, so I applied to a marketing role at a startup uh, called uh, Uberflip at the same time I was in San Francisco interviewing with companies I was pretty excited about moving to San Francisco so I stayed on a buddy's couch interviewed with a bunch of startups one startup called skills that interviewed at yelp um, in 2013 and a bunch of other companies and uh, ended up deciding to take the the role at uberflip they said we like you but have you considered sales and at the time i thought sales was um, i didn't know anything about sales i'd never heard of uh, the sdr role i said you know what's an sdr they said we're hiring our first one uh, meet our director of business development. I said, you know, what's business development? And uh, I met with him and they said, you know, if, if you can sell cards, you can sell our product. Um, and so they, they wanted me to join. I ended up meeting with him. We hit it off. Um, that was John Zifkin, who, who was a great mentor and, and got me started. Um, and, uh, and then I, I joined the SDR role as the first SDR. And there were two AEs at the time. Um, so we had a, an amazing uh, first year with a lot of ups and downs. Nice, 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 man! That was amazing. I love that. So you, you, you actually really got your first gig uh, as an SDR over at Uberflip. So what does Uberflip do? Uberflip's a content experience platform. So uh, helping helping B two B companies basically revamp their content hubs on their website, their resource centers into really engaging content experiences. I'm kind of seeing if I still know the pitch five years later. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I definitely sold uh, enough to, to hopefully remember and, uh, and, and helps, helps companies convert leads based on people consuming content, uh, almost like Netflix style. You, you consume an article and we'll recommend something else that you might like, like a video. And then you know we, we the, the lead would be converted there. So um, gotcha. I joined just as the platform was being launched, um, and there was no SDR manager, there was no sales process, there was no handbook. There was just you know find a create a spreadsheet of leads for yourself and start calling alphabetically from A to Z. <laughs> and now now I I know uh, you know going back I would do it a little bit different, um, but I I definitely spent the first few months just getting a ton of rejection, was pretty scared of cold calling. I, I'd kind of hide in a, a room in the office and make all my calls because I was embarrassed and it took a lot of practice. Um, and you know, four or five months later, I was confident to, to do it at my desk, which was actually a pretty big learning experience um, because it, it, I'm sure you've had that feeling when you're making calls, the office is quiet, everyone is listening, and the call goes horrible, you know, the whole office <laughs> hears you, right? It's a bit scary. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, Michael, you just gave me a flashback right now. And this was my internship over at ADP, right? When I just graduated um, from college and I left T-Mobile in the Long Beach region. And I remember, so the, the, I, the office is really nice, right? They just moved into a brand new office. You walk in, it's a open, uh, open concept. Um, standing desk that goes up and down, but they also had a lot of private rooms and a lot of the interns. I, I never did that myself because I was like hammer hungry and stuff already. But uh, uh, there was a lot of people that, especially they were new, they just came in and they're just calling and dialing and speaker. And they literally just like go and hide in their shell and they just go in that room themselves and just start making their calls there in the room because uh, they had that fear. They're embarrassed. They didn't want people hearing them, like failing and just not really know how to code call right. So I know exactly what you mean. And but once you break down that shell, so let's 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 dive into that. Um, so here you are. You're at uh, Uberflip. You know, you're starting at SDR. And I I'd imagine like since you mentioned you guys start from lead list from A to Z, 
and you're just renting it out. There was no dialer solution like how we have today. And were you manually dialing at the time, just with the phone, just banging it out? Man manually dialing, manually uh, emailing, and 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 I, I think it took some time, but I started to create a process um, where you know we it, we we didn't have any sales loft or outreach just yet, but we we use some tools i forget the the name of the tools but just different ways uh, i think there were plugins into gmail to help to automate some emails um and you know, i i kind of learned by doing and then started to 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 just absorb as much as i could from the aes and and learn to network and by that time i kind of become a, a master networker from my time at university where i launched the entrepreneurship club and ran a bunch of events and and so I was really good at, at networking um, and, and kind of doing outbound and using LinkedIn. Um, and so I, I started to create our first SDR process um, for myself because I, I needed to. And then eventually we made our first uh, inbound SDR hire and I got to share some of that process with her. And eventually that became a team of 20 SDRs, um, oh, wow. you know, a, a year and a half later. So um, it was a, a great experience building from scratch creating a sales process that we could start to use and start to build from there. Um, and uh, I think the, the, the point where I, I moved to the next role was when, you know, I'd be passing leads or passing opportunities to my AE Patrick, you know, and, and he would say to uh, our VP, you know, Michael's passing opportunities that are ready to close. There's not much work for me to do. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's time for you to consider promoting him which was about 14 months later. And so I'm, I'm glad that, you know, I, I, I spent over a year in the SCR role. Um, it's not about spending the, the longest time possible, but you, you do want to spend at least a year. You rarely are going to go back to the SCR role once you get promoted. So spend the year, year and a half, two years, um, and use that as a foundation for an amazing business career. Um, and looking back, you know, I, I've been a part of a, four different companies with SDR teams, and you always meet SDRs that want to leave the role, you know, the, the day they get into it. And while I, I acknowledge that it's a really difficult role, one of the toughest roles in the organization, and, and I saw that firsthand, um, you, you get so many valuable experiences from, from running a process to copywriting to research to content creation you know, it's not just about cold calling and cold emailing that, you know, spending that year, year and a half is valuable, not just to become an AE, but to become a marketer or a CSM or start your own business if you want. Yeah, definitely. I, I love that, man. That, that, that was amazing. So Michael, I just want to go a little bit deeper on this. So Uber, Uber flip, you mentioned you were in San Francisco, you're on your buddy's couch and just interviewing around. Uh, is Uber Flip, is that in San Fran or is that in uh, Toronto? Th that was back in Toronto at home. Okay, okay. And so where, where, where was the time frame when you were in San Fran interviewing around? Was this when you're leaving Microsoft? Or I'm just trying to get a clearer picture. Yeah, exactly. So I just finished my eight-month uh, co-op term at Microsoft. I had one last four-month term at Laurier. I ran a Kickstarter campaign and then towards the end of that, that December of 2013, I was starting to interview at startups. I left Microsoft, you know, with a love of, of tech, but knowing that I got to be at a small, a, a tiny company because I want to know the owners. I want to be, uh, I want to operate like an owner and think like an owner and have um, accountability. And I just wasn't able to get that at, at Microsoft with a hundred thousand team members. Right. And, ah, uh, yeah. and, and so I, I ended up um, when I was interviewing with Uberflip also booked a, a, a ticket to San Francisco, spent a week there, met with a bunch of companies, flew back and then made my decision. Do I want to go through the, the visa route and, and try and land in San Francisco? Um, or do I want to take this opportunity here? Uh, and, and they were willing to give me some equity too. That was important to me. Like I mentioned, Thinking and operating like an owner has been uh, a consistent for me throughout my career. Um, something that I learned from my dad and my grandfather. And so the fact that Uberflip was willing to give me some significant options with a great vesting schedule as well, um, I decided to take the opportunity to take that role and, and to stay in Toronto and 
Um, who knows if I'll one day work out of California, but uh, now with you know work from home, um, we can work for really any companies from wherever we are, any, any company from wherever we are. Yes, yes. Wow. <laughs> Michael, man. Okay, so I, I love that. And this is like seven, eight years ago when you're at Microsoft and you, were, you already had this thought process in your, your head and you said, you know, hey, I'm at a Fortune 500. This is good and great. You know, there's benefits and salaries and stuff, but I, I really want to get a closer relationship working side by side with the leaders within the organization. And I know exactly what he's talking about because I started out, I worked out for a previous company too, where, uh, for, for instance, like at retail T-Mobile, where I'm just gonna get that example out. And there's just like no relationship straight from the down front lines to all the way up to like the high, high level VPs and directors. And now working over with David Delaney at 10 bound, I'm literally working side by side with him. And we're literally just bouncing ideas each off each other's head uh, when it comes to like go to market strategies and things like that. And I really like you, you really are making a difference for within that company stuff. And what, what I really love about this about you is that again, this was like seven, eight years ago, you know, you flew over to San Fran and you uh, made your, what you went around interview, met a lot of people, you know, and really went back and found out with the Uber flip and said, Hey, you know, I'm just going to stick with this. And I think that's, that's, that's a really, really, really great thought process that you have. And that's, that's how, that's how leaders think. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I remember one moment at Microsoft where I, I wanted to get a mentorship session with our VP who was a few, a few levels above me. And uh, I had to reach out to her assistant and book time for, I think like a month and a half from now. And her office, it, her office was about <laughs> five, five steps from where I sat in my, my cubicle. And uh, I'm like, you know, you're right here, um, and and uh, and I see you in there. You know, we we need to spend. We I, I got to wait a month and a half just to talk to you, and uh, and you know, and and even she's not the owner. So um, I I think that's been a great decision. Um, and I I wrote Ooh. an article about this on on my blog a couple months ago. But I think one of the reasons why equity and ownership is so important is because, you know, I, I like to think really long-term and take the benefit of, of compound interest, not just financially, but with what I'm doing. And so if I can work and build real equity in a few different areas of my life and think really long-term, then I can make a decision that will pay off much more significantly. Um, and, and so that means more access, short-term, more risk. Uh, because all the companies I was at could have gone out of business pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, I, I think it, it's been the right decision, which is, which is why I want to start a business. Um, and, and then, you know, it's something that's always important to me. Yes. 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 I, I, I love that. Okay. So what you just told me right now, I'm a big fan of Simon Sinek. Are you familiar with Simon Sinek? I, I am. Yeah. Okay. So he told a story. I'm not sure if you heard of it yet. Um, but so I, I, I do, I listen to a lot of his motivational speeches too. He's a really great storyteller. And one of his stories says, uh, talk about it's, and it's in regards to leadership, right? So here you are trying to book time with this person that's literally just 10, 20 feet down, down from you. And <laughs> it's like, Hey man, you want to book some time? You got to do like a month and a half in advance, you know? And the thing that he said uh, in the story is that let's say if you guys are working at a corporation and let's say it's me and you, right. And we are working on a project together and this is like, you put your blood, sweat, and tears into it. You were working late nights and over the weekend, let's say it's like a go-to market strategy that we're working on or that you're working on and you want to propose it to the upper management. And then you would send it over, send me an email and be like, Hey Jackson, um, I just worked on this project and I was hoping I'd let me get your thoughts on that when, when, when you're available. And rather than just saying, emailing back, like, sure, send it over. Let me take a look. As if we were working like literally 20, 30 feet down in the same floor, I would, he said, Simon Singh said, you should literally just walk 10 feet down from your cubicle and said, Hey, Michael, I'm here. Let's see it together. And right there is just having that human connection and really just being there for each other, you know, then just, <laughs> yeah, man, send it through the email. 
<laughs> yeah, you're totally right. And, and, uh, and I, I probably should have just, you know, gone into to the office. I'm like, we got we to gotta meet sooner. Yeah. Um, but that, no, that's, no worries. A, that's a really good lesson. Um, and and uh, I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of what he writes about the infinite game. I actually, in that blog post I was talking about, I actually mentioned um, his latest book and, and, and playing infinite games. So um, a lot of great lessons from him. Nice. I love that. I love that. So I haven't dig into that yet, but uh, it sounds, seems to me like you, you dug into the infinite game. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the biggest takeaway, to, you know, in, in case you don't want to read the whole, the whole book, yeah, that's um, the, 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 biggest, the biggest takeaway is, is, is the difference between finite games and infinite games. And this isn't just for business, but this is for life in general. The, the difference is that with a finite game, um, people operate as if, let's say you're playing a, a basketball game. You know, there's winners, there's losers, there's an end point. And so if you play a finite game in the game of life, you operate like with, with everyone around you, like there's a winner, there's a loser, and there's an end point. And at the end of this game of life, you know, there's, there's going to be a winner. And so it means that you take advantage of people that you don't think long term, that you maybe you, you cheat or you don't do the right thing by people. You're not, you're not ethical. You're not doing it for the love of, of the game. Whereas infinite games, people operate and realize that at the end of life, when we all die, no one's crowning you, you know, the, the winner of life, right? You know, even when basketball players retire, they are no longer basketball players. They go on and do something else. And so don't define yourself necessarily just by the game that you're in at the moment, but operate, operate as if there is no winners and losers. Do it for the love of the game. Otherwise, you're never going to be happy. You're always going to be, you know, complaining or, or worried about, you know, when is it the weekend versus just enjoying the moment that, that you're living. And he gives a great story. Uh, you, you see at the Olympics sometimes, you know, let's say it's, it's the, the, you know, something like the Jamaican bobsled team who comes uh, and, and they're not necessarily expected to win or, or you have a smaller country that competes and they end up in 15th place. They... You see the, the camera pans to them and they're so excited with 15th place because they didn't come to the Olympics expecting a gold and they're disappointed because of that. They decided to practice and they did it for the love of the game for that sport, whatever the sport is, and they're happy with 15th place because they realize at the end of our life, there's no winners or, or losers. So I think that's, that's a great lesson and just helps you to, to think about how to operate every single day that if I, if I try and cheat, if I try and compete with my coworkers, if I steal territory and leads from my coworkers, you know, what good is that going to get me in 10 years or 20 years? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. So if that isn't the price of admission, I don't know what is. And we're just getting started. Michael, I, I love that, man. You know, just being there for the love of the game. And this goes back to the famous quote, for here in the U.S. too, um, especially with uh, when it comes down to like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, uh, is about Will Smith, and they, I remember there's these episodes and there's a quote where he comes and says, "Hey man, don't don't hate the player, hate the game," and those are just winners, just for the love of the game. And it doesn't matter if they win or lose or get first place or second. It's like you know, I I'm in it for the process and the journey, and hey, I'm here, I'm here, man. I love that, man. Okay, <laughs> Michael. So, I, I I like to ask you something real quick, and I just want to pick the process of this. So you you were at Microsoft, but you were in marketing. What made you jump to sales? That you figured out that you know marketing is not for me. Um, you know, I'd rather do sales. What what happened there? I just want to pick it real quick. Yeah, I think. I think it was the, the co-founder of Uberflip and the VP of marketing saying, you know, we, we saw that you can sell this Kickstarter campaign and, and generate thousands of dollars. Um, but you're not necessarily qualified for this marketing role, which needed, you know, a, a bunch of experience that certifications that I didn't have, but they saw that I had a lot of, of, of grit and passion and, 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 and made things happen. 
I was a man of action, I guess, given that I, I came in, I, I, I proved that I could sell with this Kickstarter campaign um, and that I don't wait for things to happen to me. I, I go out and, and, and happen to things. And, uh, and so they kind of dropped me into that SDR role. And then I, my eyes were opened uh, to sales as a career. And, um, you know, thinking back now, I wish my university had a sales degree or sales specialization. We didn't, and I, I think most don't. Um, we're starting to see some universities consider it, but it's still you know, the, the minority of, of universities. Even if we did have it, I don't think I would have taken it though. Looking back now, if I was to redo it, I would have. But in the moment, I don't think I would have. Um, I, I remember I started a entrepreneurship club at a university called Startup Laurier to help other, other students start businesses. And the same year, the Laurier Sales Association was started for, from some other student. Um, and I remember thinking, you know, why is there a sales club? Is it a bunch of you know, used car salesmen that are you know, a little bit greasy? <laughs> because I, I think that speaks to the perception that a lot of people have, a lot of young people have, uh, about sales to this day, eight years later, that they don't think sales is cool. They don't think sales is a great way to make money. They they think of sales as as as, as slimy. Even though you know when you're on LinkedIn, you you see all the great people that are in sales. But if you're outside of that bubble, you've got no idea. And I was talking this week to a professor uh, who is a past head of sales, a past chief revenue officer, who decided to give that up and teach sales at one of the top business schools in the country here um, and at, at Western University. And he was telling us that his students, he teaches the first sales course, only 10% of them actually go into sales and most of them don't think it's cool. And that's, oh, wow, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's one of the big reasons that they don't think it's cool. And so how do we, including you and I and, and others, you know, that advocate for sales the right way and we do it the right way, how do we change that perception um, so that young people, you know, young Jackson, young Michael can, can consider sales? You know, maybe, maybe uh, my, my son or daughter one day wants to consider sales. Um, and so I think that's a big problem that I'm working on, on, on. I'm trying to at least make a dent in fixing that. And I know you are as well. Yes. Yes. Michael, I know exactly what you're talking about. And, I think about this from time to time too, and I relate back to my experience. Sales has a bad rap, right? Hey man, this guy ripped me off. Hey man, this guy sold me shit I didn't know need. Hey man, I went to a cell phone store and then he bumped up the price when I told him not to. Because majority of the people who are not in sales, they don't know what kind of sales are out there. And I didn't really find out about this true real profession until really when I entered the B2B sales space world. And it is totally separate. And I think that's where, um, that's where the gap is at because you talk to people and I'll, I'll give you a true story, right? Um, I was, uh, this was about last November. Um, so I'm in this uh, club called Kids Work. It's a nonprofit club uh, in Santa Ana. We help a lot of kids that's in poverty. And it was actually during the Christmas time, actually, I remember. So I sat on the desk. We were just helping people set up, like doing, okay, that's right, I think November. We're doing like set up Thanksgiving dinner stuff. And I met with some few cool people, you know, they're, they, were, they had like corporate jobs and stuff that too. I'm like, oh yeah, I do marketing. I do HR here. I do marketing over there. What do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, um, I'm in sales development. Not sure if you're familiar. She's like, sales development? What's that? I was like, oh, not sure if you're familiar. It's uh, B2B sales methodology that's highly practiced in tech and such. And they're like, uh, sales is sales, but that's a fancy word. I was like, ah, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so taking that example, right? Like if you were to go somewhere, like, like you go in retail sales or even a car salesman, they think sales is sales, but it's not, it's not. It, it's true. And, and I think, I think colleges and universities actually teaching it is, is a great way to, to open more people's eyes to it. And, and I have no idea why, you know, why, why, decades ago and, and recently sales is, is not taught or never was taught in, in universities the way that marketing and operations and finance and accounting uh, all are in business school when so many people end up going into sales. And that's why I think everybody has a story 
and, and, and almost no one thought about going into sales. That's like a consistency. Every podcast I listen to, every, every webinar, you know, no one ever wants to go into it initially and somehow they ended up in it. And I, you know, I think one reason that, that plays into that is that perception, um, but also that, that our post-secondary institutions don't actually teach it or have a program for it. Um, and you know, it, it, it ends up just being this, this career that people always fall into, whether you're a, you know, a, a, a server at a restaurant, whether you're, uh, you know, a, any other degree, you can end up in sales. Um, but I think, you know, for SDRs to be successful, where a lot of them aren't set up for success because of their first time managers, you know, if, if they went through sales bootcamp or SDR, uh, an SDR program at university or college, you know, imagine the, the over time, the perception changing about sales um, and, and people considering it, people considering it's a way to make a good living. It's a way to find fulfillment and, and it's a great way to help people. Yeah. You, you now you hit the nail on the head. I love that, Michael. So you're, you're an amazing sales leader and sales coach. I can already tell just from having our conversation and I, you know, I noticed you wrote out uh, Galliano Ventures. Congratulations, by the way. Um, please tell us more about that. I, I launched the, the, the consulting business um, in the middle or, or near the start of COVID, um, really after spe spending a lot of time in my free time on the weekends, helping people as, as much as I can who were, you know, who were struggling, people that um, lost their jobs, um, founders or CEOs that were struggling. And so I decided that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put this sole proprietorship together um, and spend some time, you know, maybe it's a couple hours per week, um, helping other people that, um, that, that, that need a bit of support, that need some of the expertise that I think I can offer around career coaching, uh, and around um, sales process or sales coaching as well. Um, and so I've, I've spent some of my time over the last couple months helping both individuals with their career goals, um, both, both unpaid and, and paid as well, um, and started to, to, to turn that into a little side hustle uh, or side business. And so, um, you know, I need to be mindful of, of my, you know, hours in the week as well, of course, and I have a full-time job. Um, and so I'm always willing to help people. And then at a certain point as well, you know, I, I want to be able to, to, to turn that into some additional income for me and, and my family. Um, so that, that's what I did recently. It's, it's nice. not a big, not a big focus, but it, it's something that I think, um, I, I start, I, I, I joined a webinar, um, that Lewis Howes, uh, I, I've got his book here actually. The School of Greatness. Do you know Lewis House? I am not. Please fill me in. So he's he learned a lot from from Tim Ferriss, and then he turned into um, a great teacher and influencer in his own right. But I, I joined one of his webinars um, at the start of COVID, which was all around building a side hustle. And I think even if you have a full time role, it's important to have other opportunities to earn a living on the side, on the weekend, maybe at, at night, um, so that you can become recession proof. And we saw so many companies struggle, startups go under the worst unemployment in the US and Canada in decades. And so if you can become recession proof, meaning you know, if the economy crashes, you can still earn a living, not necessarily by any one company, but just by yourself, by Jackson or by Michael, and, and you have your own brand, you know, you're setting yourself up for the long term. Um, and so I know that's something that's a little bit, um, it could be controversial for some companies, you know, can, can, can I build a personal brand? But I think the opportunity cost is too high that, um, that not doing so, not using the power of Twitter and the power of LinkedIn to, to be able to tap into uh, any hobby and turn it into a side hustle I think is, is a missed opportunity. So um, hopefully that gives people, you know, a bit more insight into what, you know, what, what I'm, what I've been thinking about and what they could do as well, turn something that they care about 
or a hobby or something they find fun and and someone's probably willing to pay you for that hear you just say that because this was exactly what i was expecting to happen when the COVID happened and as you can see like you said a lot of people were getting laid off right sdrs bdrs sdr managers and even vpn directors and i told myself like there was a lot of people reaching out to me too asking for help and of course i helped them as much as possible whether they're sdr bdrs but even managers and even vpn director levels and I saw this thing just happening. I, it just clicked and I told myself, you know, I think this is going to be the error where people are going to go ahead and pivot for survival and take that risk and really just roll out their own consulting them. So and you can already see there's a lot of people out there rolling out their own consulting uh, gig going on, whether it's uh, teaching how to scale, uh, training SDR and BDRs. And I really saw that. And, you know, without further ado, it's, it's actually, it's happening. It, yeah. it, it is. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, and I think, you know, the two platforms I mentioned of, of, net, of, uh, of Twitter and, and LinkedIn, those alone have so much opportunity within them that if you're, if you spend the time doing what you're doing, Jackson, giving value and, and Justin Welsh always talks about this, you know, you spend a year not asking for anything, just helping people for 12 straight months, you know, the next year, year two, you'll be able to, you'll have earned the right to ask people for a, a couple things. And then maybe 10 or 20% yep. of your content is, 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 is asking for something or monetizing that, that content. But you spend the first year just helping people. Um, and, and you'll be able to get really far and build your own audience on LinkedIn and Twitter. Um, I, I know this is a sales podcast and I mentioned this on, on, uh, on one other podcast. There's so much opportunity for salespeople on Twitter. There's very few salespeople on Twitter that a lot of the biggest influencers on LinkedIn are also on Twitter and they have, you know, very few followers. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty funny. Sometimes you engage with, with someone that has, you know, a hundred thousand, 50,000 followers on LinkedIn. They're, they're trying to build their own following up from a thousand on Twitter but the point is that you can engage with anyone really easily on, on Twitter. Um, and so I, I, I encourage more people to build a, a following by creating great content on Twitter specifically, not just reposting what they post on LinkedIn, but creating Twitter specific content. And, and there's a ton of people that are monetizing side hustles or consulting from Twitter alone. Um, LinkedIn's a no brainer, but Twitter um, is pretty incredible. Yes. Yes. I, I love that. Okay. That's something that I'm going to have to be taking a stab at more too and turn my focus into is that Twitter. And I noticed that too. I know what you mean because you look at their posts on LinkedIn and it's like got all these engagements and then you jump in Twitter and you see them post the same thing, but <laughs> it's like totally different underutilized. But what that means is it's a great way to break through the noise if you're trying to reach out to them because instead of just banging through that LinkedIn where it's a lot of engagement, you just ping them there. And the same goes for Facebook and even Instagram. I mean, it worked for me recently too, but that's for another story. But I know exactly okay. what you mean. So it's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, Michael, so I know we're, we're running up the hour here and I, I really want to dive deep into something. This is something fairly new. This is something that you're rolling out. This is something that you're putting your blood, sweat, and tears about. Please tell the audience what you're telling me, what you're rolling out, and what does it really mean to you? For sure, and, and I appreciate the, the opportunity to, to share a bit more. Um, so myself and, and a partner of mine, uh, Charlie, uh, Charlie Locke, who's been a great mentor of, of mine, he was at, uh, at Flashstock um, when we were both there together, which got acquired by Shutterstock. He was our VP of sales. We both worked together at Hashtag Paid. He's at another company now. And we both kind of been scratching at the same problem uh, of, of SDRs not being set up for success when they go into their first full-time role. They usually don't have a good system in place because they have a manager that's never taught before. And so they've got no prior training or support going into that first-time role. And what often ends up happening is because they don't have good coaching, they either fail in their role, they don't hit quota, the majority of SDR teams don't hit quota, um, or, you know, they, they drop out of sales or they have a bad experience. Maybe they go into the AE role, but they don't succeed in that role. 
because they didn't have a good foundation. And so that's a huge problem that, that we're looking to solve. We're, we've launched uh, SDR Nation, which is a private Slack community. It's powered on Slack, private membership-based paid community for new SDRs to get the coaching that they deserve as an SDR. And we believe that as an SDR, you deserve a few main things. You deserve the right to external coaches that you, know, you, can, oh go, you can go beyond the, the manager that you have to get additional coaching to, to succeed. You, know, you deserve the right to, to tools, to best practices. You deserve the right to fair compensation, maybe equity, job security. Um, and, and you deserve the right to career coaching and support to actually navigate your career. Uh, and a lot of SDRs don't get the support and don't know how do I actually ever get promoted. And so we are rolling out this community. Um, we've got some incredible founding coaches that are going to be teaching uh, in this community, teaching SDRs across five or six key topics or themes that SDRs want to learn most about. And these coaches are going to be bringing fresh content every single week delivering value every single day in this community. It is a paid community, but we believe that there are SDRs out there that will, will spend a little bit of money, you know, probably as much as they're spending on, on a night out at the bar to <laughs> ensure that they're getting the, the coaching that they need to, to nail their role and eventually you know, get to a promotion, whether that's AE or, or some, other, uh, some other role. And you know, coming out of COVID with this idea, um, learning is more important than ever because you no longer are sitting next to 10 other SDRs. We're all at home by ourselves. And so learning is much more difficult, even with the daily SDR standups that you might have. There's no in-aisle conversations. And so if, if you can be surrounded by other highly motivated, like-minded top performing SDRs or future top performing SDRs, and then some of the, the best coaches delivering one-to-one -one and one-to-many coaching in the community, you know, we, we have that barrier to entry to ensure that it's curated with high-quality members, then we, we believe that starts to solve the problem around SDRs not being set up for success. Um, and, and we hope that it you know, can impact the problem you and I were talking about earlier around the perception of sales because now you're not just limited to the manager that you have, but you can nail your role with, with, with the right coaching and the right community support. Oh my God, dude, Michael, congratulations, man. That, wow, that was amazing. You know, I can see exactly what you're doing and what more powerful thing to have than, Hey, I have an external manager that has nothing to do, you know, uh, with what I'm doing now, like in terms of tying to work, but you, they can really just like, if they're, and there's a lot of SDR and BDR out there who feels like they're not getting the right coaching to deserve. Um, they, they just want to be heard and they want just proper feedback. And I can see how you guys will definitely solve that with your platform. And is it, this just going to be strictly just on Slack or are you guys taking it to a different channel too as well for when it, when they're, when they're trying to reach out? Yeah, so we're, we're at sdrnation.com. The community is powered on Slack. And then we'll, we'll also host uh, exclusive content for the community outside of Slack uh, in a content library or content hub that the members will have access to. So you know, we're, our, our membership is, wow. is, 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 is $49 per month. Um, and we're, our goal is to deliver a ton of value every single day, every single week for members that justify that $49. We know SDRs aren't the highest paid role in an organization. It's a starting salary. Maybe you've got some commission. Um, and so we want to ensure that, that that money is incredibly well spent, um, that you're getting quality advice. And, and I think that's one of the problems with some of the solutions in the space. Even on LinkedIn, there's no filter. Anyone can share advice. And so you've got a lot of, you know, bad performers or, or bad managers out there that are also sharing bad advice because there's no barrier. There's no filter. There's a lot of good ones, but there's also some bad advice. And so 
we're spending the time and, and put that barrier in place to ensure that SDRs are getting good is, is really important because sometimes you don't know better about a, a question and you might take some bad advice and go down, get, go down a, a bad path, right? Or, yep. or make a mistake and there's a huge opportunity cost with that if you spend three months working on something based on some bad advice. So we're excited about this and um, it's an area that I'm really passionate about. And as an SDR, that those 14 months, I didn't have an SDR leader. I didn't have a coach. I didn't really have a system. And I, I, I was able to eventually succeed. But I think that looking back, you know, I would have loved to have access to something like this and, and get to talk to other top performers or motivated SDRs at, at, you know, at hundreds of other companies around the world and get access to some of the best coaches um, to help, help me nail my job. We also want to make it really fun to, um, you know, the SDR role is a hard role, like, you know, and so we want to turn this community into a, you know, a a place that people can form some of the best relationships of their lives that will last for years. Um, So I'm excited about it. Yeah, I I love it. And congratulations once again. Great way to break through the noise because I have never, never would I thought of something like that too as well. Um, There's nothing like that existing right now. And that, I think that's a great way because that's just bridging another gap, so to say. Awesome. Well, Michael, I, uh, we, I know we took uh, enough of your time today, so we're just going to go ahead and just wrap things up here. I know you got a busy day going on. Um, thanks you again so much for hopping on the One Up Sales Development Podcast. So if there's anyone right now listening to this episode, you know, new young SDR, BDR, they want to reach out to you, say thank you. What's the best way to do so? For sure. Um, you can reach out to me at michael at sdrnation.com um, or feel free to find me on Twitter, uh, M underscore Galliano, G-A-G-L-I-A-N-O, um, and definitely LinkedIn as well, um, Michael Galliano on LinkedIn. So I, I'd love to connect with people, hear what you liked from, uh, from the episode, if I can help you at all. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to answer any questions if, if, if I can. There it is. Mike, thank you so much for hopping on with uh, SDR Nation and hopping an episode with the One Up Sales Development Podcast. We appreciate you. Thanks, Jackson. I appreciate you as well. Thank you for having me. Yeah.